You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. You see, I've got the kind of tonality for it. Yeah. If I enjoyed it better, I feel like I could actually find a niche in that. You just need an eight-piece band. <laughs> I can barely keep a four-piece together. God damn it. I'm not trying to add extras. Man, go down to the fucking music college down here and get those little ska kids to break out their fucking trumpets for you. And you'll be all right. <laughs> and welcome to this week's episode of the Couch Potatoes. <laughs> I'm Alex. Morrison. And we are coming at you live at 2 o'clock in the morning. No thanks to me this time. I wound up prolonging it and Chris fell asleep. So. I fell asleep. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's both of our faults this time. <laughs> I think I'm just going to start taking smoking crack to relax. <laughs> but I'm going to relax really fast. <laughs> oh, God, no. Mm. But... Probably the last couch potatoes in the original Something Good Network apartment before it gets transitioned over to the new joint. Yeah. So. Unless you want to do like a live stream while we move your stuff. (laughs) Just leave a tip jar. Be like, please give us money. (laughs) Just leave our Venmos in there. (laughs) Leave their Venmos and cash apps and everybody just like. It'd be like a Twitch stream. You're like, I'm sorry, I couldn't help you move. Here's five dollars. Well, you know, like you know, like on Twitch, if you donate something, they have to like they'll put a thing that uh, automatically says something out loud. Yeah, and it'll just like have us have our friends watch us do a Twitch stream. It's like, hey, call him a bitch. <laughs> hey, Alex, you're a bitch. <laughs> what did you say? What? And then it just turns into a fight thing, like a quick like five minute fight. Like, well, you what? Fuck you, dude. You could have got a better fucking place with fucking crack and ho- and hookers and shit, man. Fuck this goddamn city. And it's just like us arguing for a good solid minutes. And it's like, all right, I'm going to grab these boxes. <laughs> or it's like uh, that one streamer you were talking about where every time he gets a kill, he has like a little mini rave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every every time we get like a donation of $5 or more, we have to stop and do like a quick little five yeah. second dance. And that like doesn't matter if we're lifting a couch, if we're like going down the stairs or something, as soon as we hear that ding, ding, ding. So we got to. <laughs> after, after about the fifth time i'm just gonna start throwing shit <laughs> it's like be like but chris we're getting like 30 bucks already 30 bucks Ooh, <laughs> you just bought 10 wings <laughs> <laughs> it's all about wing currency man <laughs> wing currency i bet you everything in wings but as like last week uh, i wound up cracking off a uh, drink to enjoy the episode this one i stopped over at our little corner bodega thing common market and from artisanal brew works they have warheads extreme sour cherry lime flavored sour ale mm. and i was very curious if it's got a paragraph on the can it's bad. Well, look, <laughs> I like anything Warheads yeah. or anything sour. So, like, ooh, it's got mm. a nice good pop to it. So, honestly, yeah, I, I saw it and I'm like, I gotta, I have to try it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, ah, there we go. It's hard to do that one-handed and also make it work for an audio format. But much like the Bojangles hard iced tea and everything as else. As soon as you crack it open, it's just a little Skinner plan. <laughs> 
ooh, it does not give a good smell. Not a good smell, food. I feel like I'm about to fall back into Bojangles territory. Oh. It's malt liquor, folks. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. I'll be able to drink the rest of it, but I'm not buying that again. Yeah. It's not very Warheads. It's just, it's kind of like a, yeah, definitely get your wire right. <laughs> yeah. I, since I'm dedicated to it, I'm not worried on it, but it's like just a tart. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I think the Bojangles one's worse than that. I don't know. They're both really bad. <laughs> God damn. Maybe that we need to it's make the malt taste. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't drink a lot of booze, but when I do, it's just like I could really taste it. Like that is just malt liquor and fucking candy. <laughs> and that's why I was just like, <laughs> it tastes like a beer. It, that's what really threw me off. Maybe if it was closer to like a seltzer. Yeah. Now this just tastes like a bad beer. <laughs> Maybe we need to make that a new segment for the show yeah just drink some weird shit well because uh combo market it really does have like a ton of weird like alcoholic beverages oh water makes it worse (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck these are the moments i really wish we had a video medium yeah (laughs) no if we had a video i mean i swear to god i would do more drugs i swear to god i would go to your i would go to your i would come down here early to your fucking place of employment and just yeah. buy out those like uh, little chocolates yep and just take a handful of those before you start recording and just like my, my slow descent into madness of microdosing fucking cbd chocolates well now that you do have <laughs> god damn <laughs> <laughs> you're like no we're not making this a segment you're not buying weird drinks and making me taste it every week no i'll do it but goddamn, <laughs> you're getting a full fucking reaction. Hey, that's what I want. But um, no, now that you do have your USB microphone set up, um, Dave and I have been talking about doing a something good stream. Uh, yeah. We should definitely should do a couch potato stream as well. Oh yeah. So we're 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 getting everyone set up. We're getting it all ready, baby. This network's got to be a network, goddammit. Well, that's what's actually fucking I'm happy about. It's like the active shows now mm-hmm. are something good for you with me and Dave, Couch Potatoes with you and me, and then Cryptic Conspiracy Cult with you and Christy and Mikey, and then the new History We Forgot with you and Christy. So yeah. it's like now there are two shows that I'm not a main host of. Yeah. It's a full network. <laughs> um and that last go around with me and Mikey when we left here, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about it uh, pretty good when we were driving. When we were leaving here about three in the morning to go to Statesville to drop a bed off, <laughs> but we were talking about that like just doing a separate thing. And I think that would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. But, but then I like logistically in my mind, it's like it's four fucking shows I'm a part of, <laughs> <laughs> and I love talking, but fuck. <laughs> and now you're sitting, you're going, you're like, yeah, do something good for you without me. <laughs> do a couple. <laughs> do some shit without me. I got, I, I'm doing a and lot. Like, I will say like, guys, if, if you guys are interested in podcasts and stuff like that, you know, hit us up and get us on an episode. But I think a we lot, just need consistency. Yeah. But we not, can't take co-hosts dipping after about five episodes. <laughs> I think, well, not like just having like guest spots and stuff like that. But Absolutely. Like, but also, is trying to find which show we want to put it on to because some of them are very close and niche and like me and Christy have been planning so much and doing outlines and really trying to get get everything we want in an episode. But also, hey, does it fit more with the cryptic conspiracy episodes or does it fit more with history episodes? And you know, they're just so close and now we've 
kind of worked out a plan where we can do both very Hell quickly. Yeah. And me and her can knock out four episodes like an eight shit, two hours each. And like, we make, a, yeah. we make a day out of it. And, and see, and that's what I love. Then we get to like backtrack it yeah. and like backlog it. That way it's just constantly coming out because back in ye olden days, we used to have episodes scheduled two months in advance. Mm-hmm. Now I'm editing them, editing them and immediately publishing them. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's another thing too, is it's like, Hey, do we, because with you doing all the editing, it's just like, hey, take the time, but mm-hmm. don't be like, oh, man, I got to go to work. I'm like, go to work. Just go to fuck. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm the Discord. I'm like, I, I've been working, but here's your episode. Yeah. <laughs> But no, honestly, though, when you give me a handful of episodes that doesn't like overwhelm me, I look at that and just go, oh, yay, I get to stay in one project file. I just get to edit a whole bunch and then get to edit, number them and upload them all at one time and get all the photos done. Okay, yay. <laughs> because right now it's, okay, let me put all this in the something good file. Put this all in the couch potato file. Yeah. Now I edit all these. Now I have to close this project file out, delete those files, re-upload this project file. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if... I am totally fine with you wanting to knock out as many episodes of something you want to do. I'm good with that. And like in the back of my mind, I'm just like, what do I do on my days off? Oh, this. This is what I do on my day off. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm sitting here going, what do I do on my day off? This and 50 other fucking things. I've I've been been kind of peddling our stuff for people at work. Yeah, yeah. And they've been listening to a couple episodes here and there. And I was talking to them. They're like, oh, you should do an episode about this. I'm like, do you know a lot about it? Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Do you want to just be on the goddamn episode? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Fucking Christ! <laughs> I'll bring my shit to your house. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's the biggest problem I have right now is where I live. I couldn't do it right from where I live. But if I was to go to someone else's house, and that's why I, I don't mind driving down here and stuff and recording because I can't. I don't have it feasible at my place. Got it. But, well, hopefully, we'll at least be able to do the streams every so often, or do like the oh, remote yeah. recordings. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause, yeah, Dave's also mentioned a few times he'd love to do an episode cryptic conspiracy. Oh yeah, with you. I'd be down with him to do like fifteen of them. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so now that you've got that microphone, opens up a world of possibilities. Yeah. Oh, and shout out of we're getting back to our little creature features for the cryptic conspiracy cult. So, get ready for that. We got a two parter coming up. Excellent. Well, aside from all that and me, of course, saying make sure you're following us on all the social medias and having fun with us in the Discord, it's time for us to move on over to our news segment. And the news this week is basically just like trash TV in news form. We've got Bam Margera... Uh, I'm going to kick off with that one because that's the freshest in my mind. We've been following this for a little bit, and I don't want this to be like gossip celebrity bullshit kind of show, but at the same time... Fucking page eight fucking news. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, with the writer strike still going on, Mm -hmm. uh, there's not a lot of uh, movie and TV news. (laughs) So I'm resorting to talking about washed up uh, TV and skateboarding celebrities. Um, Bam has had many, many issues with drugs throughout the years, uh, even leading up to him not being part of the latest Jackass movie that came out because he did not understand why he was not allowed to party when, say, Wee Man was. And Steve was like, because Wee Man can hold his fucking liquor. <laughs> You're a fucking 
addict asshole and yeah. you need to be on the straight and narrow if you're going to be part of the fucking crew. Yeah. He gave them both the fly and middle fingers and, and fucking um, dipped. Yeah, just dipped right out of there. He, he moonwalked right out. And he's also having problems with custody battles with his child. And apparently, according to Bam in a Instagram live, he's still been trying to get birthday presents. I'm oh, sorry, Christmas presents to his son all this months later. And then proceeds to say, and I'm paraphrasing, but said, I'm going to go and smoke crack with the hobos either until A, I die or B, you give me my son back. Oh, well, so this, you're going to This die. is a threat to get his son back. I'm going to smoke crack until you give me my son back. Bam Margera, ladies and gentlemen. Man, what a jackass. I'm just like, really, of all the guys you would think, of all that group of guys, you know, he he had his own thing for the longest time. I remember in high school, that motherfucker had his own show. He was doing Viva whole, La Bam. Yeah, he was doing the uh, the band thing for a little while. Yep. You know, and, it, and I mean, you could not go two seconds without seeing some teenage girl with that heartogram, heart pentagram thing yeah. from like him that he promoted on everything. Yeah, and and you know, those girls would have not given a shit about him. They cared about. Bam. And yeah. when I say him, I mean H-I-M, the band. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it's kind of crazy. He's starting to look more and more like his dad, too, which is weird. Because, you know, that that there's a chic look for skaters, you know, that really thin, you know, fucking converse and all that shit. But, but yeah, it was just fucking weird. Like, everyone else from Jackass who hasn't, you know, passed away is doing fine. They are now. And honestly... <sighs> It's not an excuse for his actions. No. Um, but the thing that sent him down this path was Ryan's Ryan Dunn's death. Yeah. Apparently, the two of them were like tight as thieves. So it's like, and I get it. Rewatching all those old Jackass and Wild Boys episodes, Ryan Dunn, or he wasn't in Wild Boys, but um, Ryan was the man. He was hilarious, and you could tell he had like a good spirit in him because yeah. the two of us are pretty good at being able to like look look at someone in the face. And kind of judge their character yeah. and be like, you're a shifty and shady motherfucker. And honestly, I think that comes from working retail and customer service so much yeah. and seeing such a wider range of people and seeing them at their best and worst. You kind of just start getting that radar for it. He always seemed like a great guy. And he must have been for it to mess Bam up that much. Because yeah. ever since then, that's when he dropped out of the public eye. Mm. It's when he started abusing alcohol and drugs even more. And that's when he started really packing on the pounds. Yeah, and he's, he's one of the younger guys, too, of the group. Yeah. Um, and he was one of the last. He wasn't like one of the OG, no. like CKY crew guys. Like, he, he kind of bounced into the group. Yeah, and... His big thing was like Jackass 2, the movie. And, you know, that's when I first started noticing him a lot more. Cause again, he wasn't just the background guy as much yeah, or he, the other guy. Yeah, he was an active participant in the in the crew. And, it was because of like his fear for like snakes and stuff. And yeah. they would like put him in the big Oh, they put him in that fucking. They did the, fa uh, the false bottom of the floor and he falls into a fucking uh, uh, ball pit full of fake snakes. And there's one real one in there somewhere. And all I could think of was uh, Johnny Knoxville 
going against a fucking anaconda. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, Johnny, uh, Johnny's the OG. Yeah. And it's fucking crazy. Like nowadays, you know, it's so many years ago. It's just like, hey guys, uh, you know, who's making really good family friendly television right now? Johnny, Johnny Knoxville. Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's doing like some new competition, like yeah. prank show on yeah, that's Fox. Perf- that's on perfect. Fox. For- yeah. That's perfect for him. Coming from a guy who's like, hey guys, we cobbled these fucking sketches together for a movie called Jackass and it's sponsored by Miller High Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got, we did it, guys. We made it to the mountaintop, Fox. <laughs> and now they're doing uh, TV friendly version of Punked. Yeah, or like, network television friendly version of Punked. And you got people like Steve-O who are part of the California podcast scene, you know, mm-hmm. which has blown the fuck up. And it's also really interesting how the tides really change on perspective of those guys mm-hmm. because I remember distinctly when stuff like Bad Grandpa. And he did another movie after that that wasn't strictly comedy. It was a little bit of like slice of life drama yeah. type thing. He was trying to do a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. It was still comedy, but it wasn't like, hey, guys, I'm doing Bad Grandpa. Well, he was and a walking tall with The Rock. That's what I'm thinking. Well, that, that was still comedy. Well, he, he was the comic relief, but that's a very serious movie. Yeah. Then that uh, may have been what I was saying. But either way. He started getting that thing of, oh, Johnny's gone Hollywood. Yeah. Johnny, oh, he doesn't care about this. He only cares about the money. And, oh, and then, oh, Steve-O got sober. Oh, he's a pussy. He's giving up the reins, yada, yada. Now we take a step back and go, look at fucking Johnny and Steve-O go. They're fucking kicking ass. And now we're looking at who the rebel that kept it going was flying the torch, being the madman this whole time. Smoking crack to get his kid back. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the elaborate plan from the underwear gnomes <laughs> that we don't know. It's just like, hey, what do you do? Uh, we still underwear. That's phase one. Phase two, question mark. Phase three, Profit. profits. <laughs> and it's just like, we don't know phase two. Or phase one, smoke crack. <laughs> phase two, I don't know. Phase three, get my kid back. Yeah. And it's just like, somewhere in the middle, it'll all work out. It's in some weird fantasy fiction, it'll work the fuck out. And it's just like, I don't think so. No. Just say it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not 100% sure it'll work. I'm 99% it won't. But you never know about that 1%, that crazy 1%. Maybe the judge is like, you know what? That slice of life type fucking man, that philosophy, I, I'm down for it. Here you go. And then it's just like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's sad, too, because this has been going on for years mm-hmm. but with Bam. Not, not specifically the kid thing and smoking crack with the hobos underneath the bridge, but just his crazy-ass behavior. And it's so sad to see, like, Novak and Steve-O specifically talking about it. And like a couple years ago, them being like, you know, Bam's heard us, this, that, and the other, but we're still here for him. He's our brother, this, that, and the other. To a- Steve-O recently was just like, no, fuck Bam. He's a fucking snake. And it's just kind of sad to see that like he has put himself in that situation so much to where it's like even the people that were still wanting to be by his side it's just like, no, nah, we, we, we can't do this anymore. Yeah, I kind of just burned the bridges yeah. like, across the board. Yeah. And it kind of sucks. It, it does. It, it it really, when you see stuff like that, you know, we've, we've dealt with it uh, with our friends, you know, friends yeah. from like when we were younger all the way to now. You, know, you, you got to make time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make time, it's like, well, I'm making the time, motherfucker. And if you can't, then what's the fucking point exactly and 
But for them, it's a little bit more extreme just yeah. because of what they did to be famous to begin with for our entertainment. Yeah. And seeing this now kind of, it's pretty wild across the board. In a weird way, outside of maybe something like the Kardashians, because that was, that's kind of an anomaly and they were always kind of bubbling under the, you know, public eye anyway. Famous for being famous. Exactly. Do you think the Jackass crew is going to be the last self-made popular TV stars? No. Uh, I think the YouTube generation. That's why I said TV. Yeah, but that's the new TV. It is. I, but I, but I, I just find it maybe like kind of an odd end of an era. Because again, Kardashians, they they had money and part of the O.J. Simpson trial and everything well, else. It, it, so it was, it's like they were always there. These kids were a bunch of fucking street punks and skater kids that all of a sudden made big. Yeah, I, I could see that still going. Yeah. I think there's another niche thing that's around the corner that'll have its roots in something older. And Well, I'm, I mean, by that regard, it's happening right in our backyard. The biggest internet celebrity right now lives about four hours away from us. Yeah. Mr. Beast. Yeah, in his little community that he's trying to build, which I'm for it. Just gotta like, I do like his, I do like his, like, it's kind of lackluster when he says it. He's just like, no, I just wanted to build a town for my friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Like, I'm totally down with that. And there's a lot of kickback on that. And I'm just like, look, man, he bought these houses. It's a little neighborhood. He's not saying nobody can live there. Yeah. He, he's like, but he bought these houses specifically for these people that he worked, that worked for him. Yeah. Yeah, like the Johnny Knoxville people would do that. Like, yeah. Like they would do that. They probably did that at one point. You know? Oh, I mean, I remember back when I was like 18, 19, talking with like, you know, all my old friends being like, man, if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to get this really big house. Yeah. And it's like, it's going to be big enough for like each person can have like a floor. So it's like, of course, I'd have like the top floor and like in the basement, it'd be like a recording studio. So like the band could all live together and then just go downstairs and jam. That way we don't make it all work. We don't have to worry about jobs because I've already paid for everything. Oh, yeah. Everyone goes through that idea. Yeah. This motherfucker could just do it. Yeah. He has the money to do it. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, exactly what you're saying. The biggest internet celebrity right now is in our backyard, essentially. And that just also made, like, I didn't realize he lived in North Carolina until maybe about two months ago. Yeah, well, I think I think that's kind of the cool thing about the YouTube generation, which is the new TV, is you have people like Matt Pat, you know, who's doing all these shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly no different from Jackass. Jackass decided to make the first viral videos before viral, like what we consider viral now, much like tape how, trading. Yeah. Tape trading. And it's like, Hey guys, there's a, check out this video of these fucking idiots. And it's just like, it's yo not, dude, make me a copy of that. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not that campy, you know, America's funniest home videos. It's not nah, guys. This, this, these guys are fucking dumb. Yeah. There it, is no, there is no, I think I can make the jump. It's like, no, I'm not going to make this jump, but watch me do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and right. listen to this badass guitar solo yeah, yeah. in the background. Yeah. Just, it's like hot rod. Yep. It's like, Hey, did you reinforce, reinforce the takeoff ramp? Didn't have time. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and he jumps the fuck. He tries to jump the fucking postal truck and he, Bust his fucking startup up and he's jackass. And that's another thing too. Is like these guys all had all are semi-professional, you know, BMX guys. Yeah, and they're just like I'm willing to hurt myself to be famous. Now nowadays, don't do that. You don't, you don't really. You don't fucking have to. 
Yeah. If you just have a lot of money and give it away, that does well too. Yeah, but if you make you know that's another thing too, is like the jackass guys were like that in real life. They they didn't spend all their money like fucking idiots. It's kind of reminds me of that Dave Grohl when he talked about when they did that interview when he was with Nirvana, he's like, What are you gonna do with all that money? And he just I'm gonna buy a grill. <laughs> he's like, he's like, that's what he wanted. He he set a he set an attainable standard, and he's been doing well ever since. He's not like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make it big. I'm gonna own the biggest fucking house and all the goddamn houses, so I don't have to have neighbors and shit. And it's just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> this guy had an attainable goal. I want a grill. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's that's so fucking nice to hear. As long as you always keep the attainable goal, you will never be upset with the outcome. No, no. It's like even if I stop, I could always like just save money to buy that. <laughs> I got my grill. I got what I wanted. Yeah, he got his little he got his little fucking charcoal grill. And then what was his <laughs> He's next got his thing? Little Weber. Yeah. What was his next thing? Like, and I would love to hear like a stepping stone of Dave Grohl. Yeah. Hey, what was your next thing? Um, I guess have like a truck, but like a paid off one. I think it'd be nice to have one so I could haul all our stuff around so we don't have to rent a van or, or you know, wait for everybody to find a car. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. And it's just like that, that bright eyed, bushy tailed yeah. look of old Dave Grohl with no beard and fucking long, straight hair. And it's fucking hilarious. Now he's got, now he looks cool. And now it, and he's still a down-to-earth guy, too, because yep. you'll see him about these weird-ass fucking, like, milestone-type shows. He's like, holy shit, is that girl? He's like, yeah, man, he's supporting the local artist. God damn it. <laughs> he bought everybody's ticket. <laughs> and uh, moving away from the train wreck that is Bam Margera, a little bit of fun news, something we'll be talking about here pretty soon. We've gotten a trailer. Well, we've gotten a few, but we've gotten the final trailer for Secret Invasion. Yeah. The new Disney Plus series uh, starring Samuel L. Jackson, motherfucking Nick Fury. Mace Windu. And honestly, I'm kind of excited for this one because we've not gotten a lot of Nick Fury really since um, Winter Soldier. Yeah. And because think, that's when he kind of fake died. I think I think this one's going to be really good for the for the whole property because it is a different act. It's not action. It's an espionage show. It's a spy show. There'll be action in it, of course, because it's Marvel. Yep. But it'll be like the Rogue One. You know, it'll be spies, you know, bat, you know, backstabbing, stuff yep. like that. Because by nature of the show, it's going to be a big whodunit. Yeah. Who's the scroll? Who's real? Who can we trust? And I think that's what they need right now, a, a genre change. Yeah. Uh, because it worked great with Winter Soldier. Winter oh, Soldier God, was a, so like a, a kind of a, a dead-in-the-water thing until everybody's like, Oh man, this was actually really good. Mm. Like I was not expecting this this side character to be so enigmatic and holy shit, you guys really pulled out all the stops for this one thing because and now you, Bucky is among one of the yeah. top favorited characters. And it is still like a rock paper scissors thing because there's like tears of a hero, and I'm just like, you're telling me Captain America loses to the Winter Soldier, Spider Man beats the Winter Soldier, and Captain America beats Spider Man. It is the rock, paper, scissors of the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Really and I'm just like, oh, God damn it. Like, can you imagine how infuriating that is? You're Captain America. You're fucking curling a goddamn helicopter, fighting your brother in arms, and he's kicking your ass. But this fucking kid over here who could rip someone's skin off is just like, Whoa, I got nice your metal arm. I got your arm. I got your fucking arm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, bitch. I'll sell it to a raccoon in no time, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but like, 
And it's just like you threw a plane at that fucking kid and, he, and you defeated him. Yeah. <laughs> so like, God damn. <laughs> it, it, it is the, the wacky world. It is wacky. That's the, the best. wacky world of Marvel. Yeah, the wacky world of Disney on Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with, with in secret, uh, secret Invasion, they have been not confirming, but really heavily hinting that some old mainstay side characters may end up being scrolls in this series. Yeah. Um, the two prevailing theories is a uh, Maria Hill, um, how I met your mother girl, um, mm. that she's been a scroll this whole time because we've gotten a little glimpse of that in far from home. Mm. Uh, when you saw that, uh, that version of her was actually Talos's wife. Mm hmm. The other prevailing theory is that Rhodey is going to be a scroll because I forget in what movie, I think it was Captain Marvel, uh, he makes some mention of like, uh, no one calls me Nick. Yeah. And like, if you go back and listen to the movies, yeah, no one actually ever calls him Nick. Everyone always calls him Fury. In this trailer, we have Rhodey saying to Fury, you're running out of time, Nick. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker's been with him for so long. He should know this isn't a brand new character that's having to figure it out. Rhodey's been there. That's a little weird. I think, you know, speculation. You know, we'll pull the Mister Sunday movies. It's the fucking Court of Owls. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's Dormammu. It's Dormammu. The whole he's a scroll the whole time. <laughs> Doctor Strange wasted his time. But um, it was. I was just the speculation wise. I think what would be really fun is if you find out one of the big characters from Wakanda was one, Ooh. which really plays deep into that storyline. I think it would be fun if you find out that Kat Dennings is a scroll because we see her in Thor 1, slightly in Thor 2, but she doesn't come back until the series. And where has she been this whole time? I think that would be kind of a hard-hitting thing. That That's a really good one because think about all the moments that she's had. It's always been from an intelligent side. Mm -hmm. Scrolls are learning things. Yeah. Oh, that would be a great one, dude. I would think it would be fun for those type people to be scrolls. And on all intents and purposes, they're not going to follow the comics to a point. This is a new thing. And I'm happy it's something new because I do not want a shot for shot remake of a comic. I I, 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 I used I think to think I wanted that, yeah, but not anymore. They're doing fine with building their own Worlds, yeah, yeah, bro, yeah, world, and yeah, we could do callbacks to like actual storylines. Hey, we we saw Frog Thor for like two yeah. seconds, and that was fun as fuck. Yeah, like that's legitimately cool. Uh, we saw all these little things. Could we get the Tom Holland villain suit from the the Secret Wars? Could we get that? Maybe at some point. Is it going to be the comic? No, but it's going to be something similar. Hey, can we do this? Can we do that? And yeah, we can because we could do whatever the fuck we want because we're building our own universe off the backs of all these other creations. And, and I'm really the, excited for that. And I think the reason why it works so well is because even though they're giving everything their own interpretation, the heart and the soul of the original story is still there. Yeah. And I will say this till, you know, the day I die, because you go back and listen to episodes when we talked about Spider-Man movies before um, No Way Home came out. And I was like, they Marvel still doesn't understand Spider-Man. They still haven't given him a proper origin story until I realized 
all three movies was his origin story, even yeah. though he had the suit and called himself Spider-Man. That wasn't his origin point. I'm used to his origin point being right before he gets the suit, not him learning it after getting the suit. Yeah. But they wrapped it up perfectly. They gave me that story that makes Peter Parker who he is. So, yeah, honestly, after that, it's given me a lot more faith and confidence of them doing their own narrative with this stuff. Because I am a diehard Spider-Man fan. And if you can turn me around after two movies of me going thumbs down, bad origin, this isn't my Spider-Man, to all of a sudden going, oh. You gave me a three movie origin, and then just uh, did, uh, you just did it in reverse. But this worked. Why did this work? Yeah, they totally sold me. So yeah, I'm, I, I kind of we had a discussion about the, the the prequel Star Wars movies and how they're getting resurgence of love. I think yep. I think they took their time, and this is why the Amazing Spider Man movies now have a bigger love because mm -hmm. they they bookended him him and yep. th that's the problem with that whole series was they didn't get a good ending yeah we got it we got a cool story beginning with like hey this is like the Mar not the mary jane story you know this is the gwen stacy story and then you have tom holland's spider-man which is just a spider-man story as a kid which was cool i was still like i'd love a deleted scene I'm like bait and bucket bleeding out here <laughs> oh god, oh god that, that fucking asshole got me good here take this and he just hands him a gun go Pete, go out there and be somebody Oh, God, fuck, I'm done. <laughs> and, uh, and one other tiny piece of Marvel news I had um, that actually connects to Spider-Man uh, that's not Secret Invasion, Tom Holland is now one year sober. Yeah. This came as news to me because I did not realize he had an alcohol problem. Yeah. So what happened was shortly after rapping with Spider-Man, he did the Uncharted movie, and he did another one, and I can't remember the name, but I've got the image of it in his mm. head. He's got like this... Um, almost like page boy bowl cut, like almost like if my hair didn't have as many layers in it, no. just kind of looked like that. And that his character had to go, like his character he was playing in the movie was going through like psycho psychological evaluation and stuff. And Thomas semi method, he likes to really research his roles. So like mm -hmm. for Peter, he like shadowed some high school kids and like went to school for like a month just so he get a feel for, you know, New York high schools. Well, by that same token, he put himself through a lot of mental anguish and therapy going through those other movie roles. And he ran out of time being able to go to some of these places and continued to drink to get through it. And by the time production was over, he was an alcoholic. Yeah. And started seeing therapy, got clean, and yeah, he's now one year sober. So there's excellent props on him. I'm just surprised Tom Hall Tom Holland's old enough to drink. <laughs> <laughs> that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Is I'm sitting here going like, "Fuck, the bitch is 21." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of, kind of the funny story. Like you got these guys who those those actors who look young, and they play young people, but you turn out. When they were younger, when they were actually 18, they looked like they were 13. Yep. There's a reason they didn't play fucking 18-year-olds when they were 18, because they looked like they were goddamn children. <laughs> like, actual children. <laughs> it's like, the worst, I think that'd be worse, is like, okay, I, we can make a young 25-year-old look 18, but we can't make a, a guy who looks 13 look 18. Nope. <laughs> it looks fucking weird as shit. <laughs> That's why the Harry Potter kids aged with the movie yep. very well, and it worked out for them. 
Oh, did we talk about the Harry Potter news that everyone lost their collective shit over? Uh, HBO will be doing a series. Uh, Not just the, a series. But per book. A reboot. Yeah, good. <laughs> if I could should. Now, this is coming from someone that does not give a flying fuck about Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, you're, you're not really a fantasy person anyway. Not really. But the amount of people that were... I thought Star Wars fans were bad. The amount of people... Oh, they still are. <laughs> this is worse. Oh, the amount, I, I don't know about that. The that, amount of people losing their shit over the fact that it's being a reboot and not a side story mm-hmm. or a prequel or something. Oh, my God. Alan Rickman is rolling in his grave. How can you do this to Daniel Radcliffe? It's, I'm perfectly it's fine been insane, dude. I'm perfectly fine with it. Uh, I'm just, I just want them to do like some, like, some real shit with the books a little bit because there are some really sketchy things that happen in those books they couldn't do in the movies. Yeah. Like the, the one of the main three characters, the chick, uh, she's technically, like, for all intents and purposes, she does some really sketchy shit in the books. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, sign this contract because if you betray me, you will die. Like, like, she does that in the books, but in the movies, you don't want to portray that because she's lovable and, yeah. and, and plucky. And it's like, but in this, it's like, oh, no, no, no I turned this motherfucker into a rat. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, in the fantasy still, you know, that, that, that's, that's another thing. And, yeah, I'm excited for it because oh, with all intents and purposes, translating a book into a movie is hard. Translating yeah. to a show is not. Exactly. Because you could take something that should have been two hours, now 13 fucking hours. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Game of Thrones stories are kind of the same way. It's just like, yeah, we can't do everything in the book, but we guess what? We got time. We got the, the time to We do got it. the time to kill all the We got money. the money to do it. Yeah, and like even like that first season, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, that's really close to his story. Yeah. To the point where they superseded the stories and went past what he wrote and then <laughs> and, went off to shit. And LJ Martin is just like, eh, fuck it. They're, they wrote the story. I'm not finishing this shit. Dicks. Yeah. A bunch of fucking dicks. Um, but yeah, so I could see them kind of sticking to the source material a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That fan base is, is rabid just like Star Wars. It is the same fucking thing, the same story. But it is... You're going to have that, though, with, you know, hardcore fans anyway. Yeah. It's not like they're going to be out there and be like, we added an Asian character, or we really hope you enjoy it, and then she quits acting because of all the goddamn hate she gets. Yeah. It's not going to be that. <laughs> we hope not, at least. Yeah, you fucking hope. <laughs> but And what that was the other thing, too. It's like, I know we're jumping all around in this new segment, but it's mm-hmm. like, did, did, did no one learn their lesson with Abin Best and Jake Lloyd? Yeah. Did we have to really repeat that bad part of Star Wars history again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I like it. I like it because that's the next big franchise. Potter, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's was the next franchise anyway after all the movies and stuff. The video game itself, and this is, this is, this is going to sound crazy, the video games being made off those intellectual properties are going to be so over the top anyway. But don't forget, don't play the video game where you're supporting what, I don't care. whatever people were yelling about with the game. I've already forgotten. I don't care. If I see someone with an iPhone telling me I should hate something, I'm going to beat them in the face. <laughs> Chris, you should hate something as I'm sitting here with my iPhone. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. Watch take a, and iPad and Mac that edits all We're going to take a quick episodes. commercial break. Hey, you better finish that drink. <laughs> 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 um, but no, it's just like it just it, it kind of gets me. It's like the hypocrite of it of it all. I'm just like and another announcement that came out of just for video games is 
the super ninja uh, the ninja turtles super ninja turtles <laughs> the super ninja turtles <laughs> uh, the ninja turtles are getting the game really i knew they were getting that new movie yeah so they're they're that franchise is getting all points because apparently it's owned by so many different people and they're getting their full length game to it's going to be reminiscent of the ps4 spider-man game oh shit it's going to be a sandbox game Oh, that would actually... See, I'm not a big Ninja Turtles fan, but that would be awesome, and that would be really fun. And I saw some of the test screenshots of just, like, what gameplay might look like. And, you know, you can't really go by that this yeah. early on. But, God damn, dude, it's right up there with the Harry Potter game. It's right up there with all these other ones. And after playing, you know, Tears of the Kingdom as mm-hmm. much as I had, dude, I'm barely halfway through, like, the first 1% of that game. And I'm just like... That's on a goddamn handheld. Like an all like an all intents purposes, the Switch is a good next gen system. Yeah, but it's not a PlayStation or a fucking Xbox or a PC. So you're telling me you got this fucking hundred gig game on the fucking waiting list, ready to pop off? And I'm just like, this is gonna be so much fucking fun. <laughs> and that's the next movies, you know. That's that's the next entertainment value. Oh yeah, and I'm really excited to see how that goes. Yeah, and we also got the uh, new Spider-Man trailer as well uh, for the PS5 game. So that looks pretty good as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, they're doing the Venom storyline. Yes. And um, yeah, I'm going to be kind of curious to see the way they kind of roll that one because at least Peter Parker got the symbiote before turning into Venom. So mm. they, they've at least got that portion right. So I feel like I'll like the story. <laughs> but do you have any other sort of news topics for us on this? Uh, I feel like we're missing one. You feel like you brought up one, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So Danny Masterson, uh, his trial just ended. Uh, he's been sentenced to 35 years. Yep. So uh, Bye. if you reverse back up to our episode of that 90s show, when we were like, well, why didn't they put Danny? I feel like they may have known this may have been coming. And, uh, yeah, that's probably why uh, Danny did not get the invite uh, to play in the sandbox uh, with the rest of the 90s show crew. Yeah. So, yeah, he's it's over. He's been sentenced. Um yeah, so that's uh, just a nice little book into his story. Yep, uh, you're you're looking it up, so I didn't know if you're gonna read an article, but yeah. yeah so, um, good riddance to trash. Yeah. <laughs> and this is when we find out Topher Grace's probably runs a BDSM club next. I don't fucking know. <laughs> this is <some> weird <laughs> shit. This is- Eric, what the hell? Get your ass! <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for like the next '90s show, the 2020 show, and it's just the old Eric Foreman. This is his daughter and her bitching. This <laughs> is like it's going to be in every twenty year or no, the twenty tens episode. Yes, it's going to be like every twenty years of the Foreman House. <laughs> oh God, that actually would be funny. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like that's pretty decent for our news. We are able to ink that out a pretty decent bit. I think it's time for us to move on over to our main topic. <laughs> And you heard the bell. Ding, ding. Red team versus blue team. (laughs) Competition reality shows. So fucking fun. I... I don't watch a lot of competition reality. The ones that I watch a lot of are the cooking ones. Yes. I think those are uh, a little bit better spirited because those shows, they are professionals in a way. Yeah. Your cutthroat kitchen guys, your... uh, they're chopped contestants. Mm-hmm. They're not fucking geeks off the street. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. These guys 
own restaurants. These yeah. guys have worked in the business for a very long time, especially Cutthroat Kitchen. And a lot of those are just fun because it's like, I'm doing my best to win as much money as possible and fuck over the competition. Yes. And I know you're a big fan of that. I'm not a super fan of those kind of things, but I don't, that's because I don't like Alton Brown. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know we've already had that debate on here. He's fucking creepy. <laughs> He's smart and funny. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So is a robot. Um, <laughs> and they're coming. He's, He's a fucking AI robot right around the corner, man. Yeah, as long as it makes good content, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're part of the problem. <laughs> Hell, Hollywood's just been rebooting uh, bad ideas for years anyway. Hell, this might be a good idea. <laughs> but yeah, so like that one had a very cool dynamic when mm-hmm. it comes to competition. Hey, guys, you're here to make a thing. Here's, your, here's what you got to do. Go get all your ingredients. Side note, now you don't get to use all your ingredients. Yeah, now you could... Buy, swap, steal, all kinds of stuff based mm-hmm. on the competition, and make your neighbor hate you. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, yeah, that that's about right. Yep, that's about how it is. As a cutthroat kitchen could be. I was gonna say, that's about how it is in the kitchen anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I need this lettuce. Hey, I gotta make salads. I'm just like, oh, it's too fucking bad. Chop, 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 chop. <laughs> hey, you know that one thing you're doing badly? <laughs> <laughs> I, that was that was my favorite it. thing to say in the kitchen. Hey, you know that one thing you keep doing wrong? <laughs> I used to do that all the time. I was so condescending to people. <laughs> Because I couldn't be nice. I could never... Because if I was nice to you for the beginning and you didn't learn, uh-huh. I'm no longer nice. <laughs> I'm unfortunately the same way. I'm just figuring like, that out. Hey, you know, I'm really... I'll, I'll, every time I've worked at a kitchen and they're asking me to help somebody or someone new, it's just like, okay, let me stop what I'm doing. And it's yeah. like, hey, so what you can do is you can cut it like this, do this, and you want it about this size, blah, blah, blah. And then we weigh it out and you put it on thing. And if I come back and you're just doing it totally different and still making something worse, like I don't care about your style as long as the product comes out the same. Exactly. But if I come back there and it's still fucked up, I'm just like, hey, you know that one thing you're doing? Stop. <laughs> right goddamn now. Or it's or my favorite thing to do was, never mind, I'll do it myself. <laughs> that was my go-to. Oh, God. Don't I worry hate- about it, man. I got it. And that's why I worked so much yep. <laughs> at f- these fucking places. This is how I ended up in charge of a fucking kitchen one time by accident. It's just like, I'll do it my goddamn self. <laughs> that's that's a villain line. I'll just do it myself. That's th- that's the Thanos line from the Avengers. It's, Fuck it, I'll just do it myself. Swap. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Look at this glove. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like the main reason why I like the cooking competition shows is that hit me at just the right point Mm. with like my maturity and like figuring out the kind of things I liked because right around the time I started kind of figuring out oh I like hanging out in the kitchen and I like cooking and I like doing all this was about the time when I started watching a lot more Alton Brown on the Food Network along with Emerald Mm. but we talked about this on our food episode but paired with that I started watching an Anthony Bourdain which he was kind of like the rock and roller punk rock of the food world. Mm. Immediately after, brand new series on Fox, Hell's Kitchen. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, oh, this is awesome. You've got this guy that's like yelling at these people, demanding excellence, and it's just like, get the fuck out of my face and make this fish the right way. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. And I think it just, it really hit me. It just that one, two, three punch of just being like, I like cooking shows. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what, what was cool about Cutthroat Kitchen was, 
they had to think on the fly. Yeah. And that's always a good thing to learn. Anything that keeps you quick on your feet is a great way to learn. Yep. Chopped. Same fucking thing. Hey, you got to... The only problem I have with this show was... So, you have your four contestants in the beginning doing an appetizer. They open their basket. There's some weird shit in there. Make an appetizer. Okay. But you still got a full fucking pantry of everything else. Like $2,000 worth of fucking groceries yep. within arm's reach. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Take some of that stuff and put it in that basket, and that's all they have to work with. All right, guys, come on. Let's make this a competition. And then it whittles down from four to three to two into the winner. And it's three rounds. Yeah. Very simple way to play the game. Uh, Cutthroat Kitchen, how many rounds was it? Was it two? Uh, yeah, because there's four contestants. First contestant gets knocked out. Second contestant gets knocked out. On the third round, they declare the winner. Yeah, okay. So, th- oh, three-round simple yeah. game. And Food Network's very quick about those. They'll cut, you know, cut editing, you know, just blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And my, my, uh, the worst editing I always see is just, like, them standing in front with their dishes and a, a beautiful, clean kitchen in the background. Oh, yeah. And it's like, bullshit. No, 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 no. Show me what it looks like, the aftermath. Hey, Jimmy over here left a rag near the stove and is slowly burning while they're just like, hmm, this uh, gazpacho is not very good. And it's just like, like <laughs> this Alton Brown been like, oh, you can hurry this the fuck up. Like, <laughs> we'll see you in there. <laughs> it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that's why I like stuff like, um, I mean, Hell's Kitchen does it, does that a little bit where it's like all of a sudden they're bringing their dishes up and it's like the kitchen looks a little too clean for all those people that were cooking all at one time. And seeing some of the stuff they were doing was some radical fucking shit. Master Chef is not like that. Yeah. That's a legit, as soon as you're done, bring it the fuck up. Because you you see their stations, it's mm-hmm. still dirty as fuck. They literally finished, and within five minutes, we're lined up in the front, and now we're getting taste tests. <laughs> and uh, you had brought up Hell's Kitchen. What I thought was cool about that was... It was a red team, blue team. You know, mm-hmm. this this is staff that have to work together. You know, you got a saucier doing this. You got a sous chef doing this. Yep. Make sure your apps are going out before your yeah. entrees and make sure your entrees and your sides are corresponding in time. That way they're getting to the window in time. And Gordon Ramsay is the chef, period, yep. period. He's the last person. And he's the one that's inspecting everything. Hey, hey, Maria. Hey, uh, this is fucking raw. <laughs> do it again, uh-huh. and that, and you know, doing a whole dish again means the person who did the sides has got to do the sides again because yep. it's going to get cold. Yep. But and the, no one wants cold fries. The added element. Oh, it's palm frites. It's not fries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What are palm frites? Palm frites are French fries. Thank you. <laughs> but there. It's called pop fritz. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it's also served with an aioli instead of a mayonnaise. Yeah, aioli, uh, fancy mayonnaise. <laughs> it's Dukes with some salt and hot sauce in it. That's all it is. It's just Dukes or Hellman's. But like, what I loved was the added component was the customer. Yes, and the most hated fucking judges of all were the customers. Yep. Oh, this is not good. And I did like the fact that Gordon Ramsay does. Insert himself in the situation. He's like, first of all, this is how it's supposed to be. Shut the fuck up. Yep. Like you ordered this. This is what you're getting. I'm sorry. I don't care if you don't like it. Yeah. It's not. A, I'm sorry. It's, I don't care. Uh-huh. And the mater d is just like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and then kick this bitch out. He's like, my goal was always to get like the blow uh, the fuck up and pretend you don't know nobody <laughs> or no, no, my, my goal was always to be on the show as a as a customer yeah and getting like 
Oh, let me get let me get the beautiful filet mignon with the uh, the uh, fried asparagus and Brussels sprouts, blah blah blah, and been like, hey man, uh, can I get some ranch? And just be that guy, and just like the fucking look of horror on a chef's face. It's like I would have stabbed this motherfucker. I want to get that motherfucker. Hey man, that steak was good, man. Uh, I had to add some ketchup. It was a little dry. <laughs> so let me ask you this on a serious front, not for the laughs, not for the lulls. Us. Or you, well, specifically you, you being on both sides of it, a consumer and chef. What is your genuine opinion if you go to a, not a Longhorn Steakhouse, not an Outback. A fine dining restaurant. A fine dining restaurant where you're spending a good, good chunk of change on a piece of steak. If someone asks for ketchup, should it be served to them? Yeah, honestly, yeah. Look, uh, as 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 because there's two schools of thought to it. Yeah, there's one which is this is fine dining. You're going there for the experience of what the chef created. Enjoy it as it is. A lot of these places don't even have salt on the table. It's supposed to be seasoned. Enjoy. Second side to it is. I paid $150 for this fucking steak. If I want to rub it on my ass and then eat it, I'm going to do it. Bring the fucking ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like there's really no, two I'm, sides to that coin. I'm all for the customer just getting whatever they ask for. Yeah, especially if they're paying. <laughs> but not just that. Those fine dining restaurants have put themselves into situations like this. They are at fault. If you put something on the menu... And you want to do all this, like a tomahawk steak, which is actually just the most pretentious fucking thing you can buy. It's because it's the fucking bone. You're just, you'd cut off a lot of meat to make it look like that to begin with. I think a tomahawk steak now runs $190. That's still not as bad as Wagyu. Yeah, but still like. Or Wagyu. I, Wag, can, I can never fucking yeah, pronounce fancy it correctly. Cow. Yeah. Jap cow. <laughs> um, but if I decide that I won't fucking catch it or A1. Or Heinz 57, if I want to get a little fancy. You're going to give me that fucking shit. Or I'm going to stab- little cock of the eyebrow when you said get a little fancy. Yeah. If you don't give me that, I'm going to stab you with that goddamn bone. There's no reason. Like, we watched the menu. Yeah. that The menu itself is pretentious as all fuck. If you want to act like that, then you are opening yourself up to the worst criticism. And that's what they deserve. That I, I totally believe that there's no reason a fine dining restaurant with all the ingredients in the world should be charging what they charge yeah. and not getting what you're a worth. Yeah. I'm very Brendan Mulligan when he goes, food when you buy it should have weight. <laughs> <laughs> it should the plate should be heavy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if we go to like and like what's fucked up is your casual dining places have become fast food joints. They really have. Uh, recently, I went to Applebee's with a friend of mine. I got a burger. I'm just like, this is the worst burger I've ever had in my fucking life. No, I swore off Applebee's like, but like about but that, six but, years ago. But it's not just crap. them. It's all of them. Like yeah. Ruby Tuesdays. Chili's. All of You guys are just glorified fast food now. I can go to Hardee's and get a better burger for the same price. Yep. And it's made by a fucking teenager. <laughs> and guess what? He should be making more money than you, asshole. Yep. Fuck you. <laughs> Like so, fine dining can suck a dick, but well, but that's so, what that's what I'm saying. Like, if I go to Hell's Kitchen and I get this fancy ass food and I don't like the taste of it, and it's described perfectly in the menu, 
there's a price tag on it, then yeah, just give it the fuck, give fuck it to me. Yeah. But because I'm going to tell you like, hey, it's my money at the end of the day. If you want to play that game of, oh, I'll take your money and I give you what you give you, you deserve an ass whooping. <laughs> there's a great, there's a great thing you look up online. It was, uh, it's called the Group of Five. It was five people who go to this pop up restaurant, and it is the most conceited fucking thing. Hey, what's your appetizer? A waiter comes out with a slice of orange and this and like a little thing. No, you can't eat the orange. It's 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 just for looks. And I'm just like. And it's one of those pop-up fine dining, pretentious ass. I'm just like, those two people, it was a couple who ran it. And they were from like South Africa. I'm just like, you guys deserve to have your fucking heads bashed in. I'm like, get the fuck. This guy literally blogged the whole time. And he's like, is this like an elaborate joke? Like, he thought it was a joke. He thought he was being Performance punked. Performance Yeah, he thought it was like, he thought they were being punked. Because he asked for water. And they break out this sparkling, like, Riesling water. And he's like, no, 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 just, just, just water. And they do. And they're like, no, 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 that's just for show. It's not. It's for it's for show of the table. And I'm like, uh, we're going to McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the McDouble. Thanks. Yeah, because it's going to cost the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're about right. A fucking McDouble and fine dining is about the same. And, but the, 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 go just got off that tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I'm totally agree with the customer when it comes to yeah. Just get whatever the fuck you ask for. They're going to pay out the ass again because you know, it's a sixty dollar ketchup. Yeah, Gordon's got to go pick the tomato. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like that's another thing too. It's just like you know, you fucking know, working in a kitchen that. Of all these ingredients, one of those fucking guys, one of those chefs, sous chefs, sauciers, or whatever, has got like a pack of M&Ms on them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like some Starburst. They're just like, he's got that little line ketchup, you know, the cheap ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> you just see him yeah, flicking that, it in the back. <laughs> they don't have Heinz, motherfucker. We have lion ketchup. Anybody, anybody worked in a kitchen knows what lion ketchup is. Uh-huh. It's the cheap shit. It's called yep. monarch ketchup. <laughs> or in chef's a, best. Yeah, chef's best. <laughs> <laughs> I just unlocked a core memory with that one. <laughs> just vinegar and tomatoes. <laughs> It's wor- Why is it soupy? Oh, because you can make soup out of it. <laughs> it's also our tomato soup base. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bottle of Heinz. <laughs> but it's like watching these cooking competition shows has also made me realize that Ramsey's not an asshole. No, he's just he has a, he has a standard. Yeah, and even the way he presents himself and the things he gets mad about isn't being an asshole. Because watching MasterChef and watching Joe all of a sudden makes it very clear who the fucking asshole in these cooking competition shows are. Now, that's the one, that's, that's the one with Gordon Ramsay and the bald guy, right? Yes. So the only consistent... And there's a third, uh, third judge. Well, the, on, the only consistent at this point is Ramsay. Uh-huh. Uh, there was the bald guy who was Joe. and then Total fucking asshole. Absolute asshole. And then there's also Christina Tozzi, who's the uh, owner of Milk, uh, Milk Bar. It's a uh, it's a cookie and ice cream company. She's okay. like sweets dessert girl. And then there is Aaron uh, Sanchez. Um, he's yeah, just, him. Uh, just one of those guys that does like a whole bunch of different yeah. eateries. And then there's one more, I can't remember his name, but he's kind of fluctuated in like weight and everything. He's usually got like the big rim glasses on, yeah, bow tie. But it's always like your your network judges. Like exactly. The Food Network has the same three rotation guys. But the bald guy, I had watched uh, a clip that popped up on like my Reels thing on Facebook, and it was this guy had made like a spice cake or something, and Gordon Ramsay ate it, didn't say a word, and walked away. Yeah. 
that bald motherfucker walks up, tastes it like it throws the fork down. It's disgusting. Uh huh. And you know, for me and you, that'd probably be the best fucking thing we've ever ate. Oh yeah. For me and you. Uh huh. But for this fuck up, this <laughs> piece of shit. It's like, oh, it's, it's uh, and then Gordon Ramsay's like, here's three aprons, motherfucker. You won. Yep. That's the best goddamn thing I've ever made. I couldn't make that better myself if I had God helping me. And this bald guy's just like, what? And like, I love Gordon Ramsay snapping it because that's the only episode I've ever watched in full mm-hmm. was that episode where he just snaps at that bald guy. He's like, you are the worst part about this whole fucking business and just grills down and like, it wanted me to watch Kitchen Nightmares again. Yep. Because it's just like turning the fucking knife, which he should have. Well, and it's... And it, the fact that he still has a job astonishes me. My favorite cut down Ramsey ever did on him was... It was some challenge, and the guy presented this really nice-looking pasta dish with a side of uh, garlic bread. I remember this one. Uh-huh. This goes south very quickly. Ramsey walks up, takes a bite... Excellent job on the pasta. The toast is really nice. Maybe a little bit more seasoning on your sauce, but overall, really excellent. If dish. your biggest critique for Gordon Ramsay is like maybe add a little bit of salt, you've nailed it. Yeah, you exactly. Fuck your mind. And and that's usually his one critique. He usually likes things pretty heavily seasoned. He's just like cooking time's great. You know, your your cook's good. Just a little bit more seasoning. Maybe do this, that, and the other so it stays crunchy mm-hmm. on this. Otherwise, great job. Joe walks up. Takes a bite of the pasta. Stabs the fucking cook. Spits up the other <laughs> You guys are fucking trash. I hate yeah. you. I just sold your children so they don't have to be part of this fucking universe anymore. <laughs> yeah. Takes a bite of the pasta. Sets the fork down and goes, yeah, pasta's pretty good. I'm just trying to figure out why on this Italian challenge, you've given me garlic bread. And this guy like looks at him so fucking confused. He's like, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He goes, garlic bread is not native to Italy, and that's not part of actual Italian cuisine. And you see Ramsey, like, appalled in the background. Like, you see him, like, lunge his head back and, like, look around, like, looks at the other guy, Aaron, who was with him. He's just, like, looking at him, just like, is this fucking guy for real? Joe continues cutting him down, walks back over there. Before Aaron even gets up there to fucking try, Ramsey's already just like, um, well, I think it was fantastic. And something doesn't have to 100% come from the culture to be part of the challenge. He's just like, well, but it's not. If you go to if you go to an Italian mom's house and ask for garlic bread, she's going to smack you in the face. He goes, some of the best garlic bread I've had has actually been in Italy. And he's just like, well, that wasn't from a real place. Then he goes, okay, big boy. Yeah. That right there. That's all he has to say. It's just, okay, big boy. So, <laughs> so as someone who loves the history of food. Mm-hmm. Name three things that you think is Italian. Ingredients. Just name them. Uh, ingredients? Just ingredients. Uh, like, can, can I cheat and like actually name off ones that I know aren't probably? Yeah. Um, well, for one, pizza. Absolutely. Okay, what's not. the main ingredient in pizza? pizza? Uh, the tomato sauce. Okay. Tomatoes don't grow in Europe. They're not from Europe. They had to be imported. They, they were brought in 1519 from Hernan Cortez when he killed the Aztecs and took it home. Okay. Pasta is an Italian. It's invented by the goddamn Chinese and was brought to them in the 1100s through the goddamn Silk Road. So, and honestly, nothing, it came from poor translation and inability to cook it correctly that we get the pasta we know today because it came from dumplings. And the worst part about this Italian food is just bread and meat. It's so good, though. But no, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Real Italian food is nothing but bread and meat. So is German food. So is Polish food. So is Swedish food. 
it well so we just have the fish but like it's that's it it's just bland ingredients it's when they start integrating with each other they start making stuff true italian food is eating a fucking half rotten piece of bread with meat on a stick watching a guy get killed that's italian (laughs) hell that's at least better than what the irish had all we had were fucking potatoes they're not even from here. <laughs> potatoes, potatoes aren't, aren't native to to Ireland. They got That's all in. we've had fucking had for a while. Yeah, like <laughs> they come from the United States, yeah. or what it was the what was the United States? Yeah, they were just imported. Yeah, chocolate, strictly American, yeah. South American, Central American, but yeah, American. So everything you eat today is brought to you because someone decided to come over here and bring it back to the old country. Yep. So get the fuck out of here when you say authentic <laughs> Italian cuisine, you fucking piece of shit. Shut the fuck up and give me an extra piece of garlic bread. And that's what throws that that's what best. that's what throws people like me off those shows is you're ruining it. I see enough bad shit and hard criticism of people every day. And when I watch my escape show, and you're just tearing this poor fuck down, this guy probably came from a burger joint, spent some money, made his own burger joint with hookers and blackjack, and decided, like, <laughs> I'm going to try my hand at the big boy shit. And he got this far over this bald fuck, who I've never seen cook. Because he's not an actual chef. Side note, this is what I was wanting to lead into also. This is the most beautiful thing. All of the other judges, Christina Tozzi. All of them. Uh, Aaron, they're all chefs. They have the piece of paper. They went to culinary school. They are chefs. And they compete. And they compete. Joe is a critic. That's it. He owns restaurants. He's a restaurateur. He is not an official chef. So you know it is so funny when you hear them talk to the judges. And they're referring to Ramsey. And they're like, yes, chef. Yes, chef. You know, Christina says, yes, yes, chef. It's yes, Joe. When yeah. they talk to Joe, <laughs> and, and it, it kind of goes into like that movie, the menu we watched. It's yep. just like they deserve whatever terrible thing. Yeah. So if Gordon Ramsay decides to wrap him in marshmallow and burn him into a human s'more <laughs> as part of like some Patreon content, I'm buying that shit. <laughs> his his kids will probably be the only ones sad. Yeah. No, no, they won't. He probably criticizes them too. <laughs> Is that how you play Fortnite? You fucking pussy! Like <laughs> that's not how you color. You draw in the lines. Yeah, and it's just like a two year old who's just like having a fucking free for all. But this is for you, Daddy. No, it doesn't. It's for your real father who's dead. It's like, <laughs> but go, like going away from like the cooking show, the cooking show competitions, which are fucking hilarious, are fun, are the I call them the shame games. That is a great way to put it. The shame games are the best because it is a race to the bottom. But the biggest shame game of all was Fear Factor. Oh, God. Nothing. We've talked about it briefly, but nothing compares to Fear Factor in its prime. I remember Fear Factor NBC. Joe Rogan. Yes. OG Joe Rogan before he he turned into a thumb. Yeah, <laughs> and became curious on life. Yeah, uh, but he had a show. But he still had a show, but it was like very niche. Yeah. Uh, if you go back and watch the old Joe Rogan's episodes one through a hundred, oh, he's just like close up fucking camera Mike, and he's and I love that he does acknowledge that in his show now. He's like, oh yeah, I was ignoring. I was just fucking interviewing Nazis and conspiracy theorists. <laughs> like, it was a terrible fucking show. <laughs> but now he's. I do respect him more now, but. 
<laughs> it's still hilarious that Joe Rogan is that guy from yeah. Fear Factor. And it's just like, all right, Monica, let's get you in here. Uh, we have a new thing for uh, $3,000 uh, is a coffin. Made of full, full of hissing cockroaches. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They love the hissing cockroaches. Because they're cheap. <laughs> they're cheap. That's the Dale Gribble experience. <laughs> well, see, I remember talking about those like crazy things of like, here's your coffin. You have mm. to stay in here for a fucking hour. That was the show that brought me to light of knowing what a hissing cockroach was. Because I already knew that my mother was not a fan of cockroaches. Yeah. And now we're watching the show on NBC called Fear Factor. And they're talking about hissing cockroaches. Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Yes. I forgot about the Madagascar part. I remember turning to her and being like, they hiss now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> and, you you know, that's one of those things you, you can still get today. Like, it's not hard for me and you to go buy some of those. Because they're not they're not too environmentally heavy. They don't, they don't survive in the climate here very well unless you facilitate it. Um, a great example is Del Gribble. Yep. Del Gribble and his... <laughs> Babies. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, babies. Uh, and when you get stuff like that, uh, the snakes ones was always fun. And because they were they were uh, defanged snakes, you know, they weren't going to fuck you up or anything, but they were still like, it's it's the idea of having a snake on you or a group of snakes. Um, Honestly, the ones that always got me were the nasty foods. Yeah, bull testicles, you know, stuff like this. It, I found out later that some of that wasn't even real, but it was just made made to look like nasty food. Yeah. Uh, but I still thought, man, that's fucking hilarious. And it's like, it looked like it came out of a can. Like someone just like, here's some sheep's brains. Yep, in a can. <laughs> we didn't bother to cook it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably the worst part was just raw food. Uh, or the uh, physical challenges of like walking on fire or glass or something like that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That's usually how they started. They kicked it off with the physical challenges. Yeah. Then they went to the food. Well, the food, then, food was food or the or the animals insect was usually last but yeah were, were, i was gonna say usually the insect one was last where it's like they had to be covered in something or stay in a box with like five tarantulas and yeah. stuff or like the head box like it's in fucking saw yeah <laughs> it's a it's all i want to play a game yeah joseph's walking up i want to play a game and i'm gonna give you some money oh and, and the payout prepared. was pretty good that's what what they like, it was like a hundred thousand bucks or some shit it varied like and that it, was an early two thousands bunny. Yeah, and that was that was very good. It wasn't like the Price Is Right where they just cash you out on a fucking what twenty seventeen Honda or something. Yeah, <laughs> you, you got a brand new car. It's not even brand new. That's three years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's brand new to us because it's never been driven yeah, off the factory floor. It's been sitting there for three years. <laughs> uh, Ignore the dust. It's a brand new car. <laughs> we don't like, have a warehouse full of these. But when you get like shows like Fear Factor, you start getting you like more physically. At, more physical mm-hmm. challenges and I've seen a resurgence of that you know we just talked about Johnny Knoxville in the new segment with his new show yeah but John Cena had one Wipeout oh yeah well yeah Wipeout's still going yeah. uh, and another one I watched a good handful of episodes and I don't know why I didn't pick it back up because it's actually pretty cool it's a show called Holy Moly Mm-hmm. It's on ABC and it's extreme putt putt yeah so that's a real thing <laughs> yeah so uh be you and Cap played some midnight putt putt yes, down in Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle, Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Uh, uh, but that's where the Masters of Putt Putt is held. Yep. Uh, in Myrtle Beach because of all the putt putt courses. And the fact that that's not a more thing this far inland, I hate. 
Because I, I, I love, I would love there to be like just a putt putt course we could go day drink, and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And, and like and with uh, holy moly, it's ones where it's like you you putt the ball into the tube and it like shoots it across the way, like propels it, and it's yeah. like and you have to like traverse the course, yeah, like a to get like an to actual golf course, exactly. But but that's it's kind of like wipeout mixed with putt putt. So it's like you putt the ball, but then you have to get through the course to get to the where you put your ball. So yeah. it's like mixing the two together. Uh, th- those right there, you know, that is a physical challenge into a, a, a limited physical challenge, except for the, the in-between part. You know, yeah. And that's what it gets broken. Because they still have to swing through the vines and not fall in the water and, and this, all that and just breaks, to get to their fucking ball. And you know what's funny is like, this brings me to my favorite Olympic sport is a, uh, is a biathlete challenge in Winter Olympics mm-hmm. where you ski. It's a, it's a, a, a like, kind of like... Um, you ski for long distances, but in between, you have to pull out a rifle and shoot targets. I've seen that. That is the most James Bond fucking sport <laughs> ever. And when I was a kid and noticed that, I'm like, hey, what are they doing? They, what's that on their back? Oh, that's a gun. What? They have guns in the Olympics? Oh, yeah. They ski and shoot, motherfucker. Why is this a sport? This is how we train assassins in Norway. Like, this is not, this shit's not a sport. This is assassins this is the assassin games and it's just like oh it's right beside snowboarding and fucking skiing bro and it's like yeah winter no that is your training killers <laughs> another like with 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 stuff like that it all comes from the old older game the first game of physical challenges which was american gladiator yeah american gladiator and i thought you were gonna say survivor no no so american gladiator was the first like super physically athletic challenge you had joe schmoes come on the show who were just like average athlete average athletic yeah you know younger guys some guys in the early 20s maybe maybe late 20s sometimes in your early 30s guys would come in there and fight athletes super jacked motherfuckers like wwf looking wrestlers and stuff people who didn't make it in you know professional sports but were right there at the line yeah and i think that was the coolest thing about that was hey you want to see how you could do against a real athlete you talk all this shit fucking put that money where your mouth is boy i love i love people talking shit about the olympics i'm like you want to go take your fucking ass out your fat ass out there and see if you can you know scuttle that fucking ball (laughs) no that, that that's what the olympics is missing an average person right next to him trying to do the same thing. Uh, which one's the go button? Yeah. Just like one guy out there who's been talking shit the whole time in the fucking stands and like security is just like him. <laughs> Bullshit. I would have yeah. made that. Go ahead. What? Try it. What? Here's your javelin. Uh, uh, and he throws it like three feet. While this motherfucker's <laughs> throwing a fucking hundred yards and shit. Just taking it from one end of the stadium to the other. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Average Joes versus athletes is it was American Gladiators. And like some of it just seems super unfair. Yeah. You had this guy like I look at a C three PO statue, I'm just like, that guy versus a guy named Thunder. <laughs> hey, what is hey, what is describe Thunder? Oh, he's about six foot four. Uh 320 pounds solid. Uh, he can run four miles like it ain't shit. He uh, chugged a pot of coffee and ate a raw T-bone steak before he got here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he does nothing but drink eggs and lift weights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's really cool. Uh, he has puppies. You know, he raises puppies on the side, and he also beats people to death as a palate cleanser. <laughs> and ding, go, ding, ding. Go. <laughs> you need to get by him. <laughs> and it's just this open fucking, like, arena. And it's just like this dude running you down and putting you in a fucking headlock. And he's just like, 
go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And it's just like they pay me more if I don't kill you. <laughs> and you had like the athletic women too, and watching them was like beat the shit out of these people. Yeah. And we go from that to American Ninja Warrior. I was just about to bring that one up. I was waiting for the moment because yeah. I was going to say that kind of progressed into that. Yeah, because over there, shame games are big in Japan. And they're big. hilarious. Oh, God, they're hilarious. Like Fit Through the Hole. Oh, Fit Through the Hole is so much fun to watch. <laughs> and then you had the ones where it was just fucking degrading. It's just like, how many eggs can you shove up your ass? Like, And it's <laughs> like, you never know what they're saying. You're just sitting your own. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's always the two guys in like kimonos who are yes. sitting like cross-legged with their hands like this with fans. Uh-huh. And, they're just narrating, and they're just narrating like motherfuckers. And you're watching this. It's like, Jerry Springer's got nothing on this. And I love all like the smacking sound effects anytime it's like switches to a camera it's like that that (laughs) sound effect they're insane but yeah imagine uh, American Ninja Ninja Warrior Warrior. I remember watching that a lot because it started on G4 and then eventually migrated over to CBS NBC one of the two when G4 they found some gold and stole it (laughs) well yeah G4 fucking folded up because all they were doing was showing reruns of fucking cheaters and cops Um, but yeah so I remember watching it on both series. If they were around today, they'd be fucking just yeah, doing no that shit. because you could just watch a whole fucking channel of cops. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Uh, and honestly, I enjoyed that one because it wasn't necessarily, look how strong I am. It was, watch me leap over this fucking wall in two steps Yep, without touching it. <laughs> it's just like, that's that, the Spider-Man shit. And that's why it interested me. I was like, these are like real life superheroes. This guy's yeah. like climbing up a fucking wall and like backflipping off the back of it and running 50 miles an hour. This is insanity. And it's the guys who aren't training. Yeah. Who are just beasting this goddamn thing. People who are just really fast are the ones who are just balls to the wall. And like I Anytime I watch an American Ninja Warrior and they do the preamble, hey, this is George, George, such and George Johnson or whatever. He's from Pasadena, California. His three kids are here to watch him. Go, Danny, go. You know, he defeated cancer and all this stuff. <laughs> and he gets it and he just wipes the fuck out. And yep. it's just like, you, two you, steps you, in. I'm like, you did that. <laughs> you told me his life story and he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Meanwhile, meanwhile, fucking. Jimmy fucking runs fast over here. <laughs> and, runs fast. and it's just like, fast as fuck, boy. And it's just like, he's the guy who barely touches anything. Yeah. One step, five feet. One step, 17 feet. And it's just like, he is just leaping and bounding. And like, the way they set up the button, I hate because it's too close to the edge. So these motherfuckers are hooking that goddamn pole as soon as they jump because they're just, adrenaline is just yep. pumping fucking battery acid. And he's just like, wham. And it's like, Oh my new course record, and you know the guys behind him are just like, "Fuck you, get fucked." <laughs> I'm just trying to place you, piece of shit. Because the courses got harder as the game go- proceeded. And what uh, what's kind of replaced that one is um, it's kind of like Wipeout, but it's a little bit more Ninja Warrior style because it's a lot more traversing and mm-hmm. planning. It's a uh, show that's exclusively on Netflix called Floor is Lava. Yeah, I saw that. So uh-huh. so. They've made a big thing about taking kids' games and making them professional. Uh, professional tag. Yep. Uh, have, have you seen that course? It's like parkour tag. And those motherfuckers, you need to be careful because if that guy is distracted for like a millisecond, he's taking a beam to the face. Oh, yeah. And a metal beam, not some padded shit that just goes turns. <laughs> just that, that slow turn with like all that padding and then you drown because <laughs> you got knocked the fuck out. 
Um, but with Wipeout, I always liked because it looks like a Mario course. Yes. And it's just like... It's like every water level in Mario. Yeah, and it's like... <laughs> and it's just like, all right, you got to turn thing. All right, okay, it kind of looks like a jungle gym when you were a kid. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And that's all these games are. But when you talk about like the professional like Florida's Lava... That is cool because you can actually do that now. There are some places where me and you could go and it's a mm-hmm. light floor mm-hmm. and it's just like step on the green and it's just like step on the green. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the floor turn. I love watching those videos because I'm like, that's something you could do with your friends. Yeah. And you feel like a kid again. You know, it's, it's a stupid game. And, and like with the TV show version, it's not like Wipeout or even um, the mini golf competition show I was talking about where it's like you just have to traverse the course there's many different ways you can traverse this course because you're you get dropped into a room where the floor is full of lava but then it's like maybe it's a lavaed out um, garage so there's like a car in there and like a wall with tools and stuff and like you might have to get to one end of the wall to activate something to lift up a panel so other people can walk through to open up another panel so that all three of you can get to the end so it's like you really have to work as a team jumping through all this crazy shit and just don't fucking fall in the lava. If they had made that movie ready or not, I'm pretty sure we would have a hide-and-seek game. A uh, professional hide-and-seek. I don't know if you saw that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking hilarious. It's solid. So good. It's so good. Out of fucking nowhere horror movie. Mm-hmm. But a professional hide-and-seek game would kind of be hard to televise because yeah. it's just like, you got to show where the fucking person is but like this motherfucker is just running around and then i found out like there's like a there is like a certain like secret society of people who play this professionally mm-hmm. in the world well got, i mean you had those professional tag players yeah but that's like, what got brought into there's that a movie. there's there's a group of people who they who play hide and seek almost professionally oh wow who go to like giant libraries and museums and all these places to play hide and seek and it's fucking wild to watch. You go on YouTube and watch them play. They're in like the the, the National Library of Congress, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just like. Actually, I remember that game because oh shit, yeah, because the guy that actually wound up winning the longest got taken out by Navy SEALs. <laughs> That's fucking wild. <laughs> You play hide and seek with those motherfuckers. Hide and seek champion for a minute. See, that's what—that's who I would want to see play. Is like Osama per- bin Laden, uh, <laughs> like like professional military guys, like who have to know like camouflage and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, those old SEAL team commercials where it's just some dude coming out of the water. Like I remember one of the scariest like military commercials was it was it was showing waves like the wake of a uh, uh, of a beach. Oh yeah, and it's only you only have moonlight. And it, it, it's a wave once, recedes. Wave once again, recedes. And this time you see footsteps. Uh-huh. You see footsteps in the sand. And then the water comes and erodes the footsteps away. I'm just like, you didn't have to make the Navy SEALs look like a horror movie. You didn't have to do that. See, I remember the SEALs ones and all the different, the few, the, the pr- proud. Oh, he fought a dragon. <laughs> Fought a dragon. I love, I love how our generation is so traumatized by those commercials that all I have to do is look at you and go, the few. And you're like, the, the proud, proud, the, the Marines. Marines. Yeah. It's no different than the fucking, like, we're sitting here and just like, if I was just going, the, uh, 
this show is filled with the brave men and women of law. All, all people are, are uh, innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Cops! And it's just the coolest baseline you ever heard as a kid. Bad boys, what you gonna, what you gonna do? And it's just like all guys, they're always in Miami for some reason. Yep. It's just like, get down to the ground, you piece of shit. It's just like, it's, now you want to talk about the ultimate competition show. Yeah. Hide from the cameraman from Cops. <laughs> that was Laugh PD. There's yeah. your competition show. Yeah. Which one's gonna get on the show but the tail off on the last ones are the the survivor-esque shows yes those were super fucking popular when we were growing up it, it came out when we were oh. Oh. <laughs> and, and the, the i do like how dropout has been making fun of it yes they've done two seasons of, of game changer and the way they tell in it with a survivor-esque show and you found the great group of people to do it with mm. because those people are no all intents and purposes our age yeah who watched it yep uh, the the newer team, the uh, which I liked was old school versus new school, was OG college humor guys versus the new blood. Yep, and I do like I I know what they're setting up. They're going to set up the new winners against people like Brennan Mulligan and mm. Anna Bria Iyengar and all them motherfuckers who won. Because I still haven't seen the wrap up on yeah, that. So I'm not gonna and, tell we, you. and we've been getting people interested in dropouts, so we're yeah. not going to spoil it for them yeah, either. So I'm not going to talk about who won this one, but it seems like they're setting up a best of the rest, which will be the, all the losers for the first and, and all the winners. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, uh, Allie Beardsley has appeared in both. Yeah. So, yeah, she would be a cool mainstay character to have come mm-hmm. back. But can you imagine the Dimension 20 guys versus, you know, the college humor guys, you know, the mm-hmm. people who are still – or the uh, um actually guys, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you get these people involved. And, and just for that being a network onto itself, watching that is just fun. Because we were – like Survivor was always seasons one, two, three, and four. And it's uh, – Men versus women, and then they just change the dynamic all the time. The men versus women is the most hilarious one because the guys are just like dominating for a good like four days, and the women are like, We have it eight. <laughs> and the guys are just like, Yeah, I killed this fish. And then, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm. And then they, they were they were fucking dominating because yeah. fun fact, some of those guys had like camping experience. They weren't as amateurish as they said they were. And these motherfuckers were like, Oh yeah, I I camped in the Grand Teton Mountains for like two months. It's like, you lying sack of shit, but good for you. (laughs) And that's another thing too, was the, the different places. It was always the tropics or, Mm -hmm. uh, they recently, I remember they changed it to like a desert area. I was going to say over the last two seasons, they've basically had like their own Island that they've purchased and they've kind of just reused that same area over and over. I would like them to change it up just a little bit from islands. Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, it's, it's, the dangers of paradise kind of aspect of it. Like put them in the fucking winter. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what the winter game survivor looks like. Well, so I find it interesting that, you know, we're really hanging on survivor and stuff, but there was another show that ran concurrently with survivor that no one really talks about as much. The Amazing Race. I knew you were going to say that one. Yep. That I, was always the redheaded stepchild of the lineup. I think it was because the Amazing Race didn't look as fun. Mm-hmm. Like it was Survivor, just cross country travel. Survivor was about the drama. Survivor was about who you voting off. These guys were competing. Yeah. If they didn't fucking make it, they're out. So we knew exactly how this was going to play out. 
the slowest couple was going to lose. Sometimes it was couples. Sometimes it was brothers and sisters. Sometimes it was, you know, it was family or something like that, or best friends. Uh, but you brought that up, reminded me of an episode of 30 Rock, mm-hmm. where Tita Fey sees uh, Fred Armisen's character, who plays her uh, Arabic neighbor, mm-hmm. who is at a playground doing like parkour stuff and like training and doing push-ups and jogging with his buddy. And this is like post 9-11. So she's like a couple Arab guys are doing a lot of physical training and she doesn't know what to do. And Alec Baldwin's character, I love his like, uh, how dare you Tina? Or yeah. How dare you think that those guys are terrorists? You're being very racist right now. And then as soon as everyone leaves the room, he just walks up to her and says, see something, say something, call that shit in. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out he was training for an amazing race. The yeah. whole fucking, he had maps in his build because he was training for the amazing race. And I'm just like, God damn it, that's fun. But I remember watching the amazing race when Survivor was on. Yeah. Uh, and watching these people just stress the fuck out, just trying to like hail a cab or just get on a rickshaw or yeah. something like, we need to move, 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 move. And the whole thing I'm thinking of is like, why are you breaking all this shit? Yeah, it's making it only harder. I, I do remember that. I remember sitting in a restaurant just and Amazing a, Race was just on. Just have a wallet full of cash. You win the whole fucking thing. Well, I'm watching this and I'm like seeing them like running through this airport with like 10 bags. Like they've got the roller bag, their backpack, a side bag. And I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Just run. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's a Whatever race. Whatever you need will be there. Yeah, it's a race. It's like, do you need a toothbrush? Not really. <laughs> the Amazing Race takes what, two weeks, I think? Mm-hmm. You don't need a toothbrush for two weeks. It's fine. <laughs> Ew. You don't. You don't. If, you're, if your goal is to make a bunch of money and yeah, outrun these yeah, motherfuckers, yeah. hey, what's your carry-on? I have a phone and a wallet. <laughs> Let's go. Yep. That's it. That's it. I had, a, I had a knife, but I threw that shit out when I entered the airport. Like, I, I, I'm out this bitch. But we get these runoff shows now that have kind of gone to the extreme. Uh, one is Naked and Afraid. Yeah. That show sucks. But is that really a competition or just like a single person? No, no. So Naked and Afraid is two people who are put together who don't know each other. Uh, They're stripped of all their everything. (laughs) Oh, well. And they're allowed to have one thing. And one thing only. And And some people will be like, all right, I'm going to ask for like a knife. Mm -hmm. Or one's going to ask for like a book of matches. You know, something to help them get from point A. Because they're dropped in the wilderness from point A to point B. And they slowly make their way and it takes a few days to get there because you know they're walking um and as they go they can either you know make something for their feet to walk through the jungle or make a shelter to kind of stay off the night hey we need to eat something to get calories in so we can hoof it for the next few things and that's the most extreme version of that Mm -hmm. because in survivor it's just like hey this is jim this is beach clothes it's (laughs) like yeah i got i got a bag full of stuff and my favorite version of this, I think it was once, I can't remember what season it was, where they had all this stuff, everyone had a bag, and old boys just starts chucking their shit in the ocean. <laughs> all right, go get it. <laughs> well, so kind of like what we were talking about earlier with, you know, how YouTube is the new TV, yeah. um, you know, with Dropout kind of doing like their own version of Survivor and stuff. A lot of these competition shows or things that would have been competition shows are now just challenges, for YouTubers to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy that's been really popular for a minute. I just, apparently he was real big on TikTok and now he's doing stuff on YouTube. And usually that would be a huge red flag for me. Um, but it's this kid named Ryan and he got real big for doing the penny challenge. Do you know what the penny challenge is? I do not. So I hand you a penny and 
at the end of the challenge, it's either like you know, there's a set goal. You turn the penny into something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've seen a little bit of these. Yeah. So uh, it started years ago. I think some guy did like a documentary movie on it where he started with a penny, turned into a boat. <laughs> well, and, and when he wanted to go cross country. Yeah. And like he traded the penny all the way up to being able to go from point A to point B. Mm. And this kid, Ryan, has done so many different versions of it. And one of them he did was, I'm going to survive on a penny for 30 days. And what he did was started with that, asked if someone would sell him a pen for a penny. He got the pen. He sold the pen for a dollar, took the dollar, bought a bottle of water, sold the bottle of water for $2, and kept doing little shit like that until he had enough money to sell a bunch of waters. Then he had 40 bucks in the account. Then he'd buy a train ticket, mm. take it to the next city. Then he'd be back at square zero, and he's getting like hammocks and shit. Yeah. And, like, and then he would like buy a bike in a town he knew he'd be in for like three days, Signed up for DoorDash delivery and is like doing deliveries on his fucking yeah. bike to get money. It's I'm a lot just, of it's a lot of self reliance type. Yes, stuff. and I'm sitting here watching this, going like, this could have easily been one of those reality shows. Do like four teams of people give them each a penny, and whoever makes it to the destination first, only using the profits made from the penny, wins. Yeah. Now it's just a single guy doing a vlog. Yeah, and th those are very those are very cool. It's the next free entertainment it's free yeah. entertainment technically but it is it is the next form of reality tv and that's what this is the best outcome of reality tv mm -hmm. people who make their own content who are not trying to sell you something are not trying to uh force fake drama uh yeah because there was absolutely times where he's just like guys i i'm struggling yeah and you, and you see it and it's not added up and he did it for a good reason too. And because at the very end of the video as he's like setting up his hammock and stuff, he goes, yeah, he goes, I'm doing this for views. I'm doing this. Cause I think it'd be an interesting thing. He goes, but we're raising money this whole time. Mm -hmm. He goes for every penny donated, it goes this much toward, you know, feeding, you know, this, that, and the mm -hmm. other, he goes. And one of the other reasons why I wanted to do this is he goes, it is terrifying to like not know where I your next, yeah, to not know where your next meal is going to be, you know, to not know where you're going to sleep this night. He goes, and you know, he's, I've had a pretty privileged life. He goes, I've not had to worry about that. He goes, so, you know, if I can put myself in their shoes for a little bit, all while raising money to help them, he goes, I, I think that's pretty worthwhile to do. There was a, uh, a guy that was on YouTube for a while. He had died. He had passed away. Um, um, who taught he was homeless uh he was homeless and uh a guy had approached him about talking about his life and he talked about what he did to survive on a on a basis because um, he had struggled for a very long time he would do odd jobs he didn't have a cell phone but like he would do these little things like he'd wash dishes for this guy for some cash or he would run deliveries here and there uh, before doordash and all that and um he had talked about how he, he started out. He was like an investment banker, and he got out because he didn't feel like it was a good job, and he ended up getting blackballed in all the other industries because that's all he knew. So he became homeless, and it reminds me of that kind of thing. He's like, yeah. oh, this is what this is how I do it. This is, I don't need this, 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 and this. And mm -hmm. he's basically saying all those things you have, you don't really need. Yeah. And he one thing, it was one of those first things I realized. He's like, yeah, I, I, I go to the gym every day. Because mm -hmm. it gives me something to do. He's like, I don't even work out every day. But guess what? If you go to a gym every day and you don't work out, those days you don't work out, you decide just to get the fuck up and work out. Yep. And 
like for health reasons that that improves your health so much um he didn't have he eliminated all the vices in his life and stuff like that and those were just like that is some fucking shit if you take somebody off the fucking street and be like hey guys i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a hundred bucks a month and you're gonna live on that hundred bucks but you you spend it wisely you find out very quickly that a hundred bucks is about all you need Especially if you don't have fucking bills. But like that was another <laughs> that was another thing too. He talks about his bills. He talked about yeah, he's homeless because he's still it's very expensive to be poor. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about, you know, a lot of people he put into that situation when he was like an investment banker. He's like, Yeah, I, I destroyed people's lives. Yeah, that's why I fucking got out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, but yeah, so when you talk about the penny challenge and stuff like that, they're very elaborate. I think that kinda it's more educational even. Mm-hmm. I would argue those guys are providing an educational service more than anything. Learn how to hustle. Yeah. And that's another thing. I hate the word hustle because hustling implies you're committed to crime. <laughs> you're working hard. Stop yeah. calling it a hustle. Motherfucker. Just say you like Not a side hustle. A side hustle is pimping on the side. <laughs> that's what a side hustle is or only fans. <laughs> <laughs> that is a side hustle. That's a side. That's prostitution at the umpteenth degree, <laughs> but Hey, I'm all for it. Do, do, do what you got to do. People, people, there's some, no matter what you look like, there's somebody out there that wants to fuck you. You want to talk about the ultimate competition show? I'm in the top 2%. No, I'm in the top 2%. <laughs> um, another one, and I kind of want to bring it back because it was, it didn't exist when we talked about reality and trash TV. But me and you know enough about it that it is the most egregious fucking thing in reality television. And I call it as a competition is MILF Manor. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> I am glad I don't have regular television because of this fucking shit. Do we want to include MILF Manor? It's a competition. Well, would that also include like Bachelor and Bachelorette? Is that a competition? Technically, but those are, the rules of those are disgusting. (laughs) The rule is fuck. Yeah, that's that's disgusting because there's a lot of elaborate things you got to talk people into to be part of the Bachelor or Bachelorette. There are. You know, and you, you kind of are a lot worse for Milf Manor. Yeah, it's a lot worse for Milf Manor. It's just like, hey, there's all these young guys, and you got to fuck each other's moms. <laughs> Bro, I'm gonna fuck your mom tonight. No, uh, don't do that. That is that is the the mom joke in reality. It me. is. It is disgusting. It's the ultimate reality. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> but I kind of want to. I kind of want to. Just like that's that's where I would stop when it comes to reality competitions. I'm like, you've done it. We've hit the back. We've hit the the wall of the galaxy. Yeah. We can't go no further. Please stop. Just fucking stop, Jesus. I told you I didn't have a gag reflex, but it still has to stop at some point. Yeah. Now you're just suffocating. <laughs> but much like with that, I feel like that's a pretty good spot to end here. Leave everyone with a weird milf manner taste in their mouth. <laughs> If you've got one of your favorite competition shows that we did not talk about in this episode, make sure to comment on the Facebook or Instagram post or talk about it in the Discord with us. And with that, make sure you do sign up for the Discord. Don't be like Dave. Be like Chris. Be like Alex. That has a Discord. Still <laughs> no Instagram. Still no Instagram. At least He doesn't use his Instagram either, but so at least you have a Discord, though. I'm not mm-hmm. going to give you too much help. But for this episode of the Couch Brotatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? I just, I kind of have this idea in the back of my mind of like a reality show where, where you get a whole bunch of chickens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm too tired 
to talk about the conspiracy where you have to survive on chickens and the government's coming to get you. <laughs> but my idea is a version of Cops, but it's a reality show where you have to commit a crime without getting caught openly, and the cops have been notified. <laughs> it's that's just called life. <laughs> yeah. But imagine a live PD. Hey, this is Joe. He's robbing. He's just he's at a Dunkin' Donuts. Meanwhile, there's a guy in the back. Hey, there's a 5'11 white male who's robbing a Dunkin' Donuts. He is armed, and he is threatening to kill the cashier. Click. 